Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to episode 3. I wanted to ask you to subscribe, rate, and review my podcast. It's a great way of getting me up there and visible to more people. If you wouldn't mind following me on social media, you can follow me at Twitter at watch underscore horror pod, on Facebook at horror movies podcast, and on Instagram at I Don't Watch Horror. I do want to remind everyone that there will be spoilers along with this podcast. I do announce more than a week in advance what movie I'll be watching if you care to watch along with me. And without any further ado, let's get started. Hi everybody, welcome to I Don't Watch Horror Podcast, and today I have with me my friend Hanny. Hello. So, what movie did you choose for me to watch this time? This was movie is called Saturn 3, and it's horror by way of sci-fi. I like to start before we jump into the actual movie. Just give me a little background about what it is about horror that you like. When I was a kid, most of the horror that I, I watched was sort of sci-fi horror horror by way of some other genre because when i was a kid i was actually really very scared so i actually didn't get into sort of real horror horror until much later but i would say that it's the uh it's the sort of viscerality of horror it's the the way that the genre plays with just some of your basal reaction to things like you know just your your survival instinct kicking in or like your fundamental revulsion at things all all those all those sort of nitty-gritty stuff about what makes us animals this gets sort of played on very fundamentally with horror i would very much agree with that there are times (laughs) i just it just makes you uncomfortable so and that's clearly what they're going for (laughs) what is the first horror movie you remember watching oh that would be poltergeist and i saw that movie i'm dating myself i think i was six and I saw it in a theater with my family. And that movie scared the pants off me. I literally could not sleep in a room with a closet for like a month. I remember we, a family took a trip for like a weekend and visited some people in the month or so after watching that movie. I made my mom move a large, like a heavy piece of equipment and her furniture in front, of, in front of the closet in the room I was staying in because I was so scared of it. Yeah, that was definitely the, my intro to horror. And so it was definitely, it was definitely just a hammer blow to, to like, like every single fear neuron in my head. Uh, I mentioned this in the last episode, but Poltergeist is probably the first horror movie I watched from uh, beginning to end. Really? Yes. Well... <laughs> Like I mentioned, me and my sister were kind of latchkey kids, and she called most of the shots, and Mm -hmm. summertime, it was playing on TV. Anyway, so yeah, that was probably one of the first (laughs) horror movies. My my sister did a lot of damage to me, uh... (laughs) As sisters tend to do. They they don't leave physical scars, they leave mental scars. <laughs> yeah, I remember her defying my parents and watching Silence of the Lambs. Oh, goodness. We had it recorded onto Betamax, and my parents <laughs> like, you can't watch this. It's scary. Um, <laughs> and funny. so she would, she would, 20 minutes after school, or like as much time as like she could like bring herself to watch, like she'd watch it slowly for over a week and there was this one part that she's like kelly you need to see this part it's when there's heads in jars in this car anyways and so 
Yeah, she just showed that part to me when I was like seven. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, growing up, I didn't, um, like all the Friday, like a sleepover at a friend convinced someone to rent us one of the Friday the 13th movie. I just remember there being this, I don't, I don't really know where it came from, but I just, I, in my head, I was like, these movies are so dangerous. They would be like incredibly scarring if I were to watch them. And so, like, like, cause, cause you know, there was like, Oh my God, you can't watch that. It's too, way too scary. And probably my, my brother probably like was like, Oh yeah, people went crazy watching that movie or something. Just, you know, it was this, it was such a taboo thing. And I was, I was such a kid who did not push boundaries that like mm-hmm. it, it actually kind of, I came into horror sort of, sort of roundabout, you know, it's like, like Jaws, you know, like this movie, uh, yeah. Saturn 3, or like uh, The Thing, you know, it's like all these movies that are some other genre, but have that horror aspect to them. Yeah, the combination of genres. Mm-hmm. How old were you when you watched this, <laughs> this movie for the first time? Because <laughs> so, I just have this yeah. image of like a 13-year-old you falling in love with Farrah Fawcett and being like, ooh, robots and stuff like this. It, I, You know, so... Everything except the Farrah Fawcett thing. I, I so I saw this movie the first time and I was probably tenish and we recorded it off TV. So it was highly edited for TV, and it, I didn't watch an unedited version of this movie until like college. <laughs> and and I, was, and I was also a very late bloomer. Mm-hmm. So actually, the whole Farrah Fawcett aspect of this movie like had nothing for me. Especially when you throw in the fact that there was a robot. <laughs> and the robot got all kinds of camera time. And You, know, you it's were like, more interested in the robot? I was more interested in watching... That was robot porn for me. That was mechanical engineering porn. This movie has probably more started my fascination with mechanical engineering and robotics probably more than anything else. Yeah, I, and, I saw it. I'm like, I, I kind of understand where Hanny gets his costume aesthetics now. Yeah, exactly. I will I will fully admit that this movie is bad. Like, for anyone who has not seen this movie, it's bad. And it's... Not, it's and, I... and watching it again, it's like, holy, holy crap, this, mo- this movie is just, just does not age well. And also, and just... Oh my God! On the the full version of it, the way everyone treats each other, everyone <sighs> treats Farrah Fawcett. It's like, oh my God! Yeah, I, I I definitely had to turn off the part of my brain that went instantly angry, but I was able to enjoy it for just the for the schlock of mm-hmm. it. I actually really liked the practical effects, though. Oh yeah. Yes. They yeah, they yeah. were really really done considering there were like no computers. Except for the fact that I was, like, watching it to analyze it a little sure. bit. I I could see myself kind of just sitting back and enjoying it and not even thinking about the fact that they're not actually in this space station. Mm-hmm. Like, given the right circumstances, I could have just sat back and enjoyed it for mm-hmm. not great plot. Okay. But, <laughs> but, yeah, that was the practical effects. Like, I gotta give respect yeah. to them for that. Right. <laughs> It's fun. I rewatched this. I rewatched it a, a week ago in prep for this, and it's been about five years since I've watched it. And I rewatched it. And I was like, "Oh my god, I forgot how bad this movie is in terms of like the toxic masculinity and misogyny." Just, and I was like, "Oh god, Kelly's gonna think I'm 
horrible. No, no, no. I was like, this movie is great. No, no, no. <laughs> I looked up when it was released, and I, I knew I was going to have to go in being like, different time. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and they kind of pointed out that, like, they, they, they paid lip service to the, like, it's the future, the earth is shit, everything is, I'm sorry, is this a PG or no, oh, rated? we're discussing <laughs> horror, Hanny. Okay, I, I just I, want to make sure. <laughs> you, you can say bad words. Yes. All right. I'm just blowing through taboos right now. So, yeah. Just know little, you'll little disappoint Captain America when you swear. No. <laughs> so every, time I, every time I swear, a little tear goes down Chris Evans' face. <laughs> <laughs> totally forgot where it was. We were talking about Farrah Fawcett, the world is shit. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it's like they're paying lip service to the fact that the world is shit and then like people, society in general and the way that people... Uh, interact with each other is just is, is different mm-hmm. you know they kind of paid some lip service to that again so much of that when i first watched this movie was either edited for content on tv and then and or i just was like i said a late bloomer so i'm just like you know gets okay whatever yeah, whatever show me more robot <laughs> like all <laughs> <laughs> the thing I, I love about this movie is just they're just the fact that it's got Farrah Fawcett and they definitely play up just, oh my God, she's beautiful and she's a sexual being, you know, this sort of Helen stand in. They kind of throw in a little bit of like Hector, Helen, Achilles, all that sort of stuff. But like they, they don't like the, the robot got so much more camera gaze than Fair Fawcett did. <laughs> like, if he does, like, sure, I mean, occasionally, they, you know, they would do this, the scope of her, but like the, the, like the amazing montage of just like, Building like, the robot. Building the oh, he, like, they're yes. putting the arm in the <laughs> socket, and yes. he's building himself at one point, and there's a human brain going into it. <laughs> exactly. It's just like, fair thoughts, it's probably like off screen, like, what? What am I, chopped liver? Hey, there are robosexuals out there. <laughs> there's a movie for everyone. <laughs> So clearly, like, this movie had an effect, and it brought you, it inspired you to, like, start learning about robotics or anything like that. But, like, where does that fit beyond just, like, oh, now I like robots? Like, is there, is there another thing that brought out an interest in horror? Yeah, so when I was in, uh, when I was an undergrad, they made us, uh, take, uh, I went to uh, a technical school in... Cambridge, Massachusetts, but they made sure so that we didn't become complete and utter nerds that like every single term you need to take at least one humanities class and you need to focus on a certain thing. You can't be all nuts and bolts, ones and zeros, you know, get some culture in you. And so um, I ended up focusing on film and media studies. Oh, Uh, I didn't know that. I did. Yeah. And largely because there was this one professor, um, Henry Jenkins, who was... I don't know if he still teaches, but he he talks. He's written several books on on like comics culture mm-hmm. and just film media studies in general. And he was a great teacher. And so I took a Hitchcock class with him, a horror class with him, and I think a sci fi class with him. Oh wow! And yeah, yeah. That was a, that was sort of an interesting like. Uh, instead of uh, it's not just we're not just watching movies, but we are getting a lot of the history behind what went into horror movies you know starting from 50s and forward a lot of the stylistic things that that changed with the times Mm -hmm. like for instance i think so for instance like one of the most interesting things i remember from this class you know i took a while ago 
But that, um, you know, first, when movies, the talkies, sort of when the talkies started, and there was like, you know, movies were very standard. You know, this before TV, you know, after you know, sound entered the films, you know, movies had a very, generally had a very uh, sort of... Formulaic. Inter- formulaic structure. A large, and the way that it gave you information was like, you're sitting watching this, and you know maybe you are maybe you could you could watch it two or three times in the theater, but mm-hmm. like you're you're going to watch this. You are at the mercy of the of the projector. You know mm-hmm. it starts and it stops. There's no commercial breaks. You can't be like whoa 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 whoa. What did he say? You know it's like like everything had to be very clear, mm-hmm. um, in a way that it's still similar to watching like a theater production. Yeah. Um, you're watching it kind of like it's being presented. So there's a a uh, director, and I think the director was Cronenberg, and he actually, he was making films around the time that VHS rentals were becoming like more and more mm-hmm. of a thing. And he basically was like, I'm, you know, like, I'm going to make my movies in such a way that they actually played to the fact that you could stop them, you, you know, you could watch a movie or you could watch a scene mm-hmm. over and over and over again in the, in like the privacy of your own home. You know, you could watch a movie anytime, as many times as you want. And I'm going to play with the fact that like you suddenly have, as the audience, maybe a little more control mm-hmm. over the flow and how you take it in. You could watch this movie by yourself, you know, and the, the movie is not being presented to you as if you are in a theater full of other yeah. people uh, it, a and much like more intimate experience like very yeah yeah and he actually designed and like i think he directed his movies around that sort of idea yeah and you know so it was it was a lot of looking at sort of behind the scenes of what was going on in horror as uh, a genre mostly in movies but also you know in books and uh, like mm-hmm. radio and things like that but uh, the other was that a lot of the first uh, movies that directors would cut their teeth on were horror movies because production companies in, you know, 40s, 50s, or 50s, 60s, something like that, you know, before horror became um, a genre that would possibly ever Actually win marketable. You know, but yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Back when horrors were basically like entirely like B movies, low budget, they, um, like, directors would basically like be. This was like the schlock. This is what they started on. It's like here, here's a here's a here's a script. Here's five thousand dollars. Make a movie. Just make sure you know. Just like make sure it's got a bunch of boobs in it. Make sure it's got lots of blood and gore. And that's really all we care about. Like we're we're not we're not gonna like. There's no oversight really beyond what the censors. We're not expecting are, are much like, from okay. you. Is is what <laughs> yes, they're saying? Are, yeah, and like and and so basically what you ended up with is there's a lot of movies from pre-golden age i guess of like of horror in film where uh, these movies are all low budget but have lots of social commentary mm-hmm. of the time kind of like built into it there's you know the one that one that comes to mind is um is this one called it's alive which is about um details but it's like a woman was having a late-term abortion or something uh, and anyway the 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 baby comes out and becomes a little killing machine. Yeah, just, it, so, yeah, it's. Oi. Yeah, yeah, right, right. You know, and um, so so basically, like horror films were the first place where someone could 
have full artistic reign of something without like producers coming in well i think it should have this like yeah, exactly exactly and actually when texas chainsaw massacre came out it was like a smash it was like a smash cult mm-hmm. hit there were actually there are people who actually wrote articles about how this the fact that this movie was popular was like signaled basically like the crumbling or near end of our society <laughs> because like yeah yeah it's like yeah clutching pearls and you know all that sort of stuff but it was Mustache. like but it was like, no no i got the vapors but like but the, when you think about the movie and how it ends which i, I guess you nope. haven't seen it i've you? i've seen i've all seen right. the remake with jessica biel when I was like seventeen, okay. I don't know if it's the same ending. Do you want me to spoil the original? Uh, yeah. Go not. ahead. The original is not your standard Hollywood uh-huh. ending. Um, the original, there is like the final girl; she gets away, but the main antagonist, I believe, is the last thing you see on screen. The woman escapes, but the guy, but the antagonist is still alive. Mm-hmm. And he's done all the damage he wants to do. And he's doing this, like, almost joyful dance with this, like, ru- gigantic running chainsaw. Yes. And, like, that's how it ends. It's like, it like the bad guy did not get his cup on, come up. And it's like, there was no justice. Mm-hmm. There was no, like, there was no, like, yeah, there, there was no revenge. No, no, like, there was no redemption. There was nothing, nothing, nothing. None of the standard things that makes, like, a movie with this kind of horrible content. Like, there was no, there was no good closure mm-hmm. to it. And people, it had this immediate, like... Because up until then, like, the bad guy always got his his just desserts, yeah. and so this and, left it, like, yeah. oh, no, sometimes the bad people can get away. Yeah, and it's like, and, and the fact that it wasn't just, like, some art house movie that, like, three people yeah. saw, it was, like, it, it was incredibly popular across the country, and people were, like really worried about the fact worried about that they thought it was like it was a you know a bellwether you know oh now we're gonna start murdering people because we thought it was entertaining or like yeah it's like why why is it okay why are people happy that the fact with the fact that this horrible person like did not get like like his comeuppance like why are people happy about that and why are people watching this movie over and over and over again you know it's like missing the point yeah like you know there's an entire movie in between but the start and the end um I remember reading like this article. It was, uh, but it was like very specifically just just the fact that that people liked this movie in 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 such large numbers. Um, it it's kind of funny that you know horror movies started out as B schlock where people could could put moral points to it. Where now in horror movies, that's expected of it, except for Saw for some reason. A, Horror movies now are expected to come with some sort of commentary on society. And, you know, with Get Out, like, that's a a commentary on appropriating black culture. And even vampire movies have uh, an implication on, you know, the spreading of disease. And, I mean, a lot of monster movies have implications about spreading of disease. But, um, but yeah, like, it's... I like the... Like, along with sci-fi, there's just this whole stigma about them being, whatever, they're they're not good mm-hmm. to, no, 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 you're, you're missing the point. 
you're 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 mm-hmm. you're stuck on these details, but this is not the point of the movie. That's the only way we can get the point of the movie is because we put <laughs> boobs and blood in it. But getting back to sci-fi for a second, I really think that the Matrix may have been influenced a lot by this. Like, there's the there's the guy who's like programming the the murder robot, and he puts this like right. analog plug in the back of his ha- his yeah. neck, and I'm like, that's that's very Matrixy of them. Yeah, I never thought about that, but yeah, there's that. Yeah, that and just the. The fact that the robot has a circulatory system. Yeah. Like, that was like that was what, that was one of the things that was just like, that's so cool. Like, I've never seen, like, that's just a slant on, like, the, the sci-fi robot trope that I've never encountered before. It's like, there's the brain, but I mean, like, the breast of the robot had tubes with, with synthetic blood in them. It was, it was like, I was like, oh my god, that's so neat. Where's the line between biological human and, mm-hmm. and robot is, is what I feel like they're playing with a lot because the, what was the bad human guy who... That was weird because, like, everyone thought his name was James, but he took over someone else's identity. They called him Captain. Yeah, Benson was, like, his actual name, Mm -hmm. but he was Captain James. Yeah, like, he programmed the synthetic human brain and it was it was kind of weird seeing the you know how does a being with no moral code start dealing with these complex human emotions with no other guideline because the captain james or whatever his name is he murdered someone in the beginning and the robot's calling him on that but then he implants his his attraction to to Farrah Fawcett's character and the robot goes on a murderous rampage mm-hmm. and so it was just I liked the where where does the the moral conundrum of have we gone too far mm-hmm. how far is too far and <laughs> and the yeah just the you know what happens if you if the the person who's training it is a madman you know this <laughs> you're not going to get much you're not going to get really what it's the ultimate it. <laughs> sociopath. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Except the robot, while it's being programmed, apparently had more of a conscience than like than the guy. <laughs> I, I, s- sort of. Yeah, I mean, I mean, sort he of, did yeah, sort of, li- he did listen to Ferret Fawcett when she's like, "Put me down." Yeah, it's. I feel like you could watch. I could watch the movie several more times, just really dissecting. That that triad interaction, you know, the robot Benson and Farrah Fawcett, and the all the interactions between as horrible as a lot of them are. <laughs> I I do feel like in a very male masturbatory way, they're trying to pay some lip service to the the feminist wave because I choose to be with him, even though mm-hmm. clearly she's only with him because he's literally the only other being <laughs> there. The the guy well on Earth, you know, everyone just shares their bodies and I find you she's like, Well, you're not gonna share me and it's I feel like they tried really hard, but it was not it's yeah, clearly it a like, product of its time. It's true. No, it's a good point. Like the you know the you know the whole the whole aspect where the guy's like you know, on Earth, you could be arrested for not sleeping with, we're not giving your body up. And it's like, you know, it, it, you know, sort of having this, 
let's take the idea that like a man might just have dibs on a woman's body and just take that and go to 11 with it or like 14 maybe you know just yeah not you know, forget rules of like social expectation it's like no this is the law yeah <laughs> and, no and, i no <laughs> you'd be considered like the worst person in the world just because you didn't submit to me mm-hmm. well guess what huh and and yeah i think he actually uses the word selfish at one point yeah and like it's yeah it does fall flat because yeah just because because no one no one is nearly as outraged as as, as an audience would be right now oh like watching yeah it. <laughs> kirk douglas is like that guy is that guy's rude <laughs> like i don't like that guy and kurt douglas's like action sequence of like getting everyone out of the way of the rope it it was just ridiculous like mm. like this is one of those movies that like kind of became a parody of itself as it aged it it does have it does suffer from the fact that like it only in the fact that Farrah Fawcett is the last person to survive does it like would you be able to call this a final girl sort of scenario yeah. because otherwise like he doesn't save the day she is not like unblemished like woman on in the in the cast mm-hmm. and she's the only woman in the cast but like you know she hasn't survived because she's somehow more like Special. more moral or ethical or yeah. whatever than the than anyone she's else. just the only one she's just the other one i think i am yeah i don't even know what the it was a dog i can't remember if the dog's a girl or a boy sally 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 was the dog <laughs> So I guess I don't even know. So yeah, this, maybe this movie passes the Bechdel test just because at one point she is talking to the dog and, <laughs> and the it, dog doesn't talk back though. Ah, we can't count the barking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably not. Well, if you bury the bar for the Bechdel test underground, then you can pass over. <laughs> like you have, you have to bend a lot of rules. <laughs> Yes. I mean, the Bechtel test is already on the ground. Like, yeah. Jur- Jurassic Park passes the Bechtel test before this movie. <laughs> just with the Velociraptors alone. <laughs> hey, there's a couple strong women in that's, Jurassic th- Park. That's true. But I just love the fact that, like, just the fact that the, the Velociraptors were communicating. Mm-hmm. And probably not about some third love interest. Other than, like, I wonder how he tastes. <laughs> <laughs> so... Let's talk a little bit about um let's 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 shift back a couple topics of like what are mm-hmm. the implications of imprinting a personality on a robot like yeah. given the fact that we're kind of getting closer in all reality to this like do you think the screenwriters back then were doing this as a as a, a cautionary tale yeah, of playing with like AI? yeah I can totally see that I can totally see that being I think so. I can't really say for sure whether they were doing it in such a way as really focus like AI in particular, or just the fact that robots can be made to be full simulations of, of mm-hmm. people. You know, along with that, along with you know the 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 guts and the the muscle and the the fake blood. You know, obviously there's the brain, mm-hmm. um, and the fact that like they use yeah they use like an unborn, fully unformatted human brain starting point and then and then sort of the very first thing you do is try and load this i guess a moral compass of a sociopath onto it i guess you could say that see that as like a well you know again we need to 
not only worry about robots, but worry about who's making them. Mm-hmm. And do we trust, you know, do, we might distrust robots, but, you know, we also need to think about who's making them and are they doing so for the right reasons. So there's probably a whole, there's probably a, another layer just of like technophobia. Ah, the future is coming too quick, you know, and like we're going to design something that's going to bite us in the ass. Yeah, you were, you were saying about making sure the right person gets this sort of stuff and it, it, it brought me, I, I know it jokingly brought up Captain America, but, <laughs> you know, you mentioning that brings up, you know, when they chose Steve Rogers in, in the movies to get the serum instead of the, the bully other mm-hmm. soldier, it's kind of like, you, yeah, you can't just yep. do it with anyone. You have you have to make sure that their morals are in place to bear this responsibility. It's That's a neat parallel, yeah. 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 In terms of the AI and even now and especially back then, there's I feel like there's there's the there's this idea of we're playing with a thing that we don't really even fully understand yet. I mean, how do you encode a set of morals in an internal like ethical system? You can take like you can take a photograph of something without fully understanding what light is, but it's like you know it's you know it's like if you're going to copy over someone's brain image or certain you know parts of you know if you're going to try and do some sort of direct learning mm-hmm. that way, do you even know all the stuff you're copying over? If you're if you're going like brain to brain, I mean hopefully by then in this movie like they knew that. Like, they understood that enough. You know, when you're going... It's like, if you're just copying one medium to another, it's like, do you know all the stuff you're copying? Like, <laughs> like outside of what they, were tr- the, what they were trying to... I think it just sort of falls into that whole, mm-hmm. you know, just because we could doesn't mean, you know, we never stop to think about whether or not we, we should. We should, yeah. <laughs> Are there any other um, modern movies that you would say would... Like, a good companion to go along with this movie? Like, is there another less schlocky movie, at least that you've seen? Like, I mentioned The Matrix, but... The Matrix is is a very good good one. Um, uh, Maybe Lawnmower Man? What? Because they were playing... Oh, uh, that's a... That was from early aughts or late 90s. It was was all VR, and it was about this uh, developmentally disabled guy who... Uh, some nice scientist was like, hey, I can maybe make you quote-unquote normal using this, like, brain, like, VR brain stimulation stuff and, like, you know, put him in a VR suit and, like, stimulated his eyes and everything and his brain at the same time along with other stuff. Did did it way too much? It was kind of it was it was like a flowers for Algernon sort of. Thing. I was like, I was smart. I was I was waiting for a moment to say this sounds like flowers for Algernon. It it definitely yeah it was basically technological flowers for for, for Algernon. But it was the same sort of thing where it's like I am we're playing with the brain. We don't we don't really know what we're doing. In the eighties there was there was Project X, mm-hmm. which was uh, Matthew Broderick got assigned to help out with this monkey research thing for the air force where they were teaching monkeys how to fly planes. Yeah. And so they were also like doing stuff like playing around with the, with the brain, you know, that's sort of moving away from the robot aspect of it. But in terms of other, in terms of like playing around with brains and like, Oh shit, what went wrong? I just thought of a uh, monkey shines. It was, I, you know, it was basically like, I'm going to take a little service monkey inject medulla oblongata stem cells into it and then it suddenly gets way way too smart and becomes like a little killing machine (laughs) so planet of the apes 
sort of. But like, yeah, like a little tiny mini planet of the yes. And but in terms of like technological similarity, I think you're right. I think Matrix is a good one just for that, you know, the direct neural uh, connection sort of thing. Um, but none of these sort of have the quite the same yeah. crossover of horror and and sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Pacific Rim had like drift, you know, drift compatibility, but that wasn't a horror movie. It was action. Yeah. You know? If you wanted to pick a horror movie for it being like a good for for the quality of it, mm-hmm. what would you suggest for me? I'm trying to think of what else. Like, yeah. Um, the thing. I mean, I love the. the I actually just rewatched. I the, so an, another yeah. friend of mine who mm-hmm. is gonna do this with me. He's mm-hmm. he's chosen the thing to oh, watch. Nice. Nice. So that's that's <laughs> that's gonna be coming up in a, it, at at some point. I don't know when. I haven't scheduled right. that. So. Hey, well, have you seen it? Have you seen it before? No. Or is it? Oh, it's gonna be so. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to hear what you think. That's. I would say that's a much better movie than this. I mean, it just it has no robots, but otherwise it's 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 better in so many other ways. Yeah. Uh, like I said, this this is definitely falls under a horror movie, but the the hook for me was just the special effects, robot, like centric, mm-hmm. like just uh, uh, I just I I. I yeah, I think that's the other thing. It's just I love the costume and I love the concept. I just love the, I just loved everything about that robot. Um, you know, this massive body and this little tiny like, like desk lamp head. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like just fake eyes looking that's at really you weird. because the the brain like went into the torso and. <laughs> this I think this movie is worth watching just for that. <laughs> And if you can, like, hold your nose for, like, <laughs> the misogyny and, and, and some of the bad acting. You know, oh, I, no, I, I love things for how bad they can be. Mm-hmm. And so I, I genuinely enjoyed this. Okay. I, I, I don't want to say, I don't want to tell you that it was hard <laughs> to watch. The only part is, like, I had to remind myself this was made, this was released in 1980. It was released in 1980. And, like... But, like, I was able to go in and just enjoy it for for what it was, so. And, and you know, it was years later because the main bad guy is Harvey Keitel, like, from Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, and, you know, he's, it, he's like... Movies the... I haven't seen. Ah, okay, okay, I'm trying to think. <laughs> but I, in this movie, he's, like, it's early 80s, no, it's actually 79. And Harvey Cattell is very young. Mm-hmm. He's also, his hair is slicked way back. He's got this tiny little ponytail. Yeah. Very un-Harvey Keitel looking. Clincher is that apparently every single bit of his speaking, like all of his voice in that movie was someone else dubbed, dubbing over Harvey Keitel. Really? Because his, his Brooklyn accent was so was so heavy. that like, like, they're just like, this does not read as space. This reads as like... It's, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, it's like, well, it's, it's, it's a bunch of, it's a bunch of human brains, of course. You know, just, you know, it's like, can you imagine like Harvey Keitel trying to talk about like Hector, wheel and penetrate? You know, it's like, <laughs> and, and it's like, apparently it just did not read and they had to, 
they scrapped all of his voice. Like, you don't actually hear Harvey Keitel's voice at all in the movie. <laughs> okay, that makes a lot of sense, because one of the things I kept just like, I was just like, this voice isn't right. Just something inside me was just like, this doesn't, this doesn't seem right. This, uh, he looked really familiar to me, so like I did recognize him, obviously, but That's it was like the uncanny valley thing yeah. with him. Like I, I, finding that out and rewatching it, it's like I feel like they did a good job in in matching up, like. But you're right. It yeah the it, the lip syncing was like spot on, but there was just there's just something wrong. Just, you're right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's a little fun factoid. Still one of my that that holds a special place in my heart. This movie, mm-hmm. um, just just because of robots. So, so what other movies have have made their way into your heart? In a similar vein, Elysium, which came out which came out a few years ago, it was Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a sort of dystopian future story, but I loved that movie because it treated human and machine interaction as not only natural but also had. In a different levels of, of like class. Like there was like at one point there's two guys fighting with powered exoskeletons. Mm-hmm. And Matt Damon had like the the janky one that that was like refurb and like old old model and because that's that's all like the, the black market guy could get him. Then there's like the other guy who has like the state of the art military spec one and you can see they put effort into like some of this technology you know it's like this is technology that rich people can afford or this is technology with a lot of resources behind it Mm -hmm. and this is technology for everyone else the you know the plebeians you know it's it 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 had there was definitely and they put a lot of like an aristocracy yeah there's there's hierarchy there and they also and it just some like product design sort of behind the the imagery and the way that everything laid, you know, it's very much like, oh, I feel I can actually believe that this completely made-up piece of technology, it actually looks like someone spent time designing it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I really liked that aspect of it. Similarly, there's a movie called Brainstorm, which I think I originally mentioned to you mm-hmm. uh, again from the '80s, and it's a it's another brain story. It's a story about recording basically being able to record and play back the full body like sensory input of a human Mm -hmm. and then how one it's like definitely tackles like the what are the ethics of this you know how how can this be used for good and how it can be used for evil and then you also but they also take you through like the original work in the lab where you know like the machinery is gigantic and there's wires and tubes and like gases shooting everywhere and like you know, gauges, like, you know, it's like obviously prototypey, you know, skunk worksy sort of thing. And then they, they, they actually throughout the movie, like take you to basically getting it to a point, almost like a set of like what we're wearing right now, like headphones. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it all, so again, it was like sort of this like industrial design porn. Um, and it was just, I liked it because that it just had this very, um, um, very real. Yeah. It's like, I could believe I can believe the story they're telling me in terms of like this thing that they're trying to tell me believe it exists, you know, and just following it through and 
and in terms of just like yeah like techno porn it was a, it's another sort of like oh this is amazing to watch this and just <laughs> so, and it's a really it's a really neat sci-fi movie and it's got christopher walken christopher walken natalie wood what else could you want nothing <laughs> uh her murder solved yeah okay <laughs> sorry it's true yeah no, no. wow <laughs> This was actually the last movie she made. Oh, I wow. Believe it was, okay. I believe it was like the her murder a few months after this movie was released. Oh, wow. Like, this was okay. definitely her, very much her last movie. Um, which is kind of creepy when you think about the movie, because like the movie at one point records someone's death. And like that allows you to play it back, and you know, yeah, it's like I won't, I won't tell you more. It's, it's a fascinating take mm-hmm. on the idea of like recording people's senses and playing back, and again the sort of the technology and the, the ethics of what you could do with it, and how bad it could be, and how good it could be, yeah. and things like that. Also, because it was the '80s, the memory format for recording people's like sensory feeds was basically weird wire infused gold reel to reel tape. <laughs> So, like, you would get these, like, literally, like, these spools of, like... Analog. Here's here's your memories in analog. (laughs) We don't do ones and zeros here. (laughs) Ones and zeros? That's for Charles. No, we'll take a match to it and burn it. (laughs) For formative and non-horror movies, Brainstorm was also highly recommended. And also, I think, in general, probably also better acting and writing than, than Saturn 3, but... There were no robots with circulatory systems. <laughs> and no slow panning. <laughs> it's the engineer's eye, like, slowly going over all the robot parts. <laughs> None of that. <laughs> Alright, so I, I I think we're going to call, we're gonna call this, this one. <laughs> so basically what uh what I gathered from from this I I probably could have guessed but it's that you like robots. <laughs> I do kind of like robots. I do kind of like practical effects and I do kind of like It's like you went to school for it or something. Something like yeah, did like thesis on it or something. Yeah, I'm just like yeah, I make stuff. That's what it comes down to. Probably largely because of some of the effects of this movie <laughs> which is weird to say out loud but <laughs> it definitely was one of the things that was like oh i'm gonna get a, i'm gonna get a close look at technology and actually kind of see how stuff gets like put together and uh, like i'm fascinated i, I mean so. whatever whatever floats your goat <laughs> you're definitely trying to get rid of me now no it's like it's like, it's like he's still talking <laughs> No, I no, know. no! I did, I did enjoy talking about this with you, Hanny. This, I this is know. why I, I want to do this. Like, I want to know why people like these movies. Um, so thank you for suggesting this. Um, I think when I approached a lot of people about this, they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you like a real good one, and it's gonna get deep." And then you, you come, out, you came out with this because, like. You know, a, a lot of horror movies, yeah, they are deemed lesser in the hierarchy of films, but but I appreciate that in movies. It's just like, I'm gonna 
accept this for what it is and just enjoy it. So I I do I do like that you suggested this just just because it has a special place in your heart. I I feel like I had a lot of things uh confirmed about what I thought about you and <laughs> Thoughts or words that you yeah, have? Yeah, this has been this has been a lot of fun. I'm really glad you're doing this. I can't I can't wait to I'm I'm gonna listen to the the loved ones um, episode. I think right after uh, we get off this phone call, and I can't wait to hear. Um... Uh, the loved ones hasn't gone up yet. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, uh, okay it's well. right now. It's just The Shining. Got it. Yeah. Which was which was fun, and I can also, and I'm I I look forward to hearing uh, the thing your take on the thing wonderful so all right everyone thanks for tuning in and joining me for watching saturn 3 i hope you get to hear from me next time all right bye <laughs> <laughs> bye